0: Hi, I'm Olivia and I'm Amy and this is the Girls in Marketing podcast. Every week, we release a new episode that you won't want to miss. Our guests are industry experts with amazing experiences, so you'll always come away with new nuggets of wisdom. From educational and inspiring episodes covering the latest in digital marketing to casual and fun chats with the Girls in Marketing team unpacking marketing myths and trends, we've got it all. Here at Girls in Marketing, we're all about empowering and supporting women to be the best marketers they can be through our online learning platform and community check out our resources and membership to get involved as we'd love to welcome you to our inner circle right let's dive into an episode together before this episode starts we wanted to send you an exclusive invitation to girls in marketing's upcoming empower her series to celebrate international women's day this year we are dedicating an entire week of events to the power of women in the workforce The theme this year is Embrace Equity, which is exactly what we'll be doing with this week-long series of events, starting from the 6th of March. If this sounds like something you'd love to come along to, it's completely free for you to attend. Either click the link in the description of this episode, or just visit our website, girlsinmarketing.com, for more details. We can't wait to see you there. Hello and welcome back to the Girls in Marketing podcast. Today, I am joined with John Williamson. He is a senior content marketing consultant at LinkedIn and he's worked in the industry for over 10 years in social media, in TV, lots of amazing different roles and now is working for LinkedIn. So I'm very happy to have you in the studio today. Welcome, John.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah. So I want to talk to you a little bit. Firstly, I think we should go over your kind of, your journey because I know that it's been, long fruitful so if if you can kind of share for the listeners about your experience from kind of the beginning really because I know that you were involved in kind of tv first
1: yeah yeah so um I went to uni obviously uh, which was great um left uni and managed to get myself a job at Granada at the time in Manchester at ITV um which was, well, I felt very lucky because it was tough to get into that game, right? I think it's probably like now people want to get into social in different ways. It's maybe a little bit more accessible, but getting mm-hmm. TV was tough, but got a break and um started working on Jeremy Kyle, yeah. uh, which was interesting to say the least, but then sort of worked my way up and finished uh, working on Countdown. So quite a bit of a mix, but um but in that time, what was... uh happening which I guess you never realize these things at the time but um we had uh, a lot of sort of we had awards going on things like that and they wanted to get votes from the audiences and we'd put stuff out on TV you know obviously um but I remember uh because I was sort of into Twitter and Facebook which Facebook started off when I was at uni, if you think about it. So yeah. now I'm aging myself here. So it's about 2005, 2006. It just started picking up. So I was on that a lot. And then I was also on Twitter as that just started. And we had, um, I remember the producers coming up to me and saying, uh, John, you like this social media stuff. Like you're always on it or you, you talk about it. Do you fancy setting up some channels? And this was in their office. I was like, yeah, right. There's no like, what I I know today would be a lot of people would be involved with setting up a social channel for a TV programme. There was none of that. Yeah. So onto Twitter, onto Facebook, set up these, the social pages for Countdown, for University Challenge, for Jeremy Kyle, all of this. And, um, and basically off we went. Um, and I was still doing my sort of day-to-day job, but then from there, it then moved into... Creating the social, doing photos, putting those up online and stuff like that. And then, and then, funnily enough, then, because I was based in Manchester, I remember head office in London sort of got wind of this and it was gaining followers pretty quick. And then, unfortunately, then sort of got taken away from me, you know, because I was up in Manchester and I was I actually ended up leaving anyway because that's when I moved into uh, working for a startup called the Lad Bible.
0: Yeah, at the, the start-up at the it time. Was, yeah, big time, <laughs> yeah. yeah. How was yeah. that experience for you then? Obviously, kind of moving in. Because I mean the lab Bible was a massive yeah. like brand now, an umbrella brand, even. Yeah, so how was that like joining joining that as a startup?
1: Again, like I didn't don't think I realised. I'm not going to say it was easy by any means. Like, I don't think I realised, and I don't think a lot of the people really realised what was going on when I joined that business. Um, it was I think how many was in probably in the office at that time, or Inland Bible. Full stop was maybe, I'd say twenty five maybe people, okay. um, and they're all good people, always up for laugh. Like the the guys that ran it was so driven, um, and I came in as like the marketing brand manager, and uh, and from there, like you're sort of building the plane as you're trying to fly it at the same time. So it was super exciting, and we uh, learned a lot the hard way, and, and obviously. Got a lot of exposure in different ways, which was, has been super beneficial yeah. for my career going forward. But yeah, had some good times, but also like some super, like I say, some super hard times, and, and learned a lot in that time. And I think when you're in a, a situation like that, I think it, for anyone, you've got to really stand back, and I, and this is my advice. I'd say you've got you want to stand back and think something's going right here, but there's also lots of things going wrong. But there's something big going right that's overarching all of that. And I think by doing that, if I could look back to myself, I'd think, you know, that that stop-check moment would be super important for me to think, you know, we need to get this right or I need to work harder or I need to change this attitude or or something like that. But I think, you know, that would have been, you know, uh, I think really beneficial to me at that time, but I wouldn't change it for the world, you know. Yeah.
0: And I think, to be honest, you are definitely singing to the choir in terms of startup because obviously yeah. you know i'm running a startup yeah. and i know that there's a lot of our community who will be listening who work in startups or small yeah. businesses and you know when you are in that position you very much do a lot of stuff you know your are yes. even though your title is maybe marketing manager you've probably yeah. doing some sales, yeah. doing some, yeah. you know, business yeah. stuff. So I definitely feel like you're you're speaking very much so yeah. to, to someone who understands. Um, and I think as well over time then, so obviously in this last however many years that you've been in the industry and working for different brands and stuff, you've seen, you will have seen the social media landscape change quite a lot. How, how have you actually seen that change? Because, you know, you say in 2005, 2006, to the start of Facebook, and now, you know, we have, crazy channels tiktok instagram you know linkedin as you you know know, and that's changed a lot as well how has like the landscape changed
1: well i mean that is a that's a big question it's a big
0: question i I like it no but but
1: also like it's one of those things that it's if we look at if we start at this end so like tiktok and what's going on now and instagram and the way that's changed it's all like super quick digestible piece of content like mm-hmm. bang 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 and attention spans are so short you know and 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 that's how people want to sort of like I say digest content or take in content back then it was all sort of more long form in some respects um very image focused mm-hmm. um so not much video and stuff like that and then I guess with Twitter it was growing but it wasn't growing that much so we saw more engagement on Facebook at the time because I think they just opened that up Um, but then with Twitter it was well, you're having to do a lot of firefighting, but as, as a whole, it was the super short. Was it 150 characters back then? Yeah. And all of that. You could only probably upload an image. And you've got to think about with social, what people forget is the technology on the phones at the time mm. were nowhere near the level like they are now. No filters, no nothing. No, you know, the photos were not in, in a good, like they never really looked that good. Um, so that's obviously helped a lot. So you've seen a lot of, a lot of shift and changes. And obviously, different brands and people and how they've sort of gone along with that uh, has been uh, interesting to watch as well.
0: Yeah. And I almost think as well, you're talking a lot about Facebook. I think Facebook has changed quite a lot because I think they are now very, they do quite well with short form video mm, content as well. Um, I actually went to a talk recently by, I think it was two girls from the Lab Bible, actually, mm, which is mm. quite convenient that you you went there. Um, and they were saying about how well Lab Bible does on Facebook yeah. now with short form video content. Yeah, no surprise. Facebook isn't something that I really consume content on, but no. I know that there is massively a demographic for it, and I think people do sleep on it.
1: Yeah hundred percent. I think if you look at Facebook, like interestingly, like I'm, I feel like I'm getting a lot older. So like when it comes to like what I'm sort of taking in when it comes to content and social Facebook, I've deleted the app. Mm -hmm. I don't have the app. I go on it maybe once or twice a week on desktop and that is it. Like in respect to that. So like, but then we can never forget that people, audiences are taking content in different ways. So yes, Facebook is there, Meta is obviously running Facebook and Instagram, but like it's yeah, it's become one of those things where I'm not really on it as much anymore and I don't I definitely don't engage or share anything on there like I do say on Instagram. Yeah. But then you look at our mums and dads, yeah. You know, or I don't know about anyone younger, but mums and dads and upwards or whatever, like and my friends and colleagues, they use it a lot. And yeah. some some still share a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I no. think it's about how brands are utilizing different platforms and talking about that we talk about linkedin which is your job that's obviously kind of where you are so you're currently a senior content marketing consultant for linkedin yeah talk to me about it what how obviously you are doing a lot of stuff what is your kind of role right now? Cause I think that the word senior content marketing consultant yeah. can mean a lot of different things. Yeah. What, what does that mean in particular for you?
1: Good question. And I, and I like, they had that job title annoys me at times. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, it's so fluffy, you know? But I think the way I look at it is like how, if you've got a brand on LinkedIn, like I will help you decorate your shop window, right? Mm -hmm. So like, it's everything that's out there. So it could be your corporate message, could be your consumer message, could be your employer message, whatever it is, any campaign that they're putting out live, I will help them with that and advise them on the best practices because I live and breathe within brands and businesses on LinkedIn. 24-7, yeah. you know, so I'm always in there. Obviously, aligning that with the new ad products that we bring out yeah, and also, you know, just general updates to the platform itself. So that is my main sort of mission is sort of, I say, to turn the inside out of a business, right? Mm-hmm. Because we get some of the biggest brands in the world will come to us and you think they're going to know what they're talking about when it when it comes to social and LinkedIn. And generally, they don't, you know, mm-hmm. it still amazes me. Yeah. But then obviously, you also get brands that are super on it. You know, yeah. Really good. Like yourselves. Yeah. By the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I think LinkedIn though as a platform, I mean, I've definitely seen it change since I started on it yeah. when I kind of was at university and it's that typical like, you've got to be on LinkedIn, get yourself a job, find network with people. I remember that kind of conversation <laughs> I had at university. LinkedIn and the landscape of LinkedIn's changed so much in the past, like I would say good few years. Yeah. And it, when we chatted, you know, previously to, yeah. to recording today, you were saying about it moving from that kind of corporate, like just jobs board mm-hmm. to now people are, are using it for so many other things, yeah. which is amazing. Um, what would you say at the moment for kind of brands and for people is like successful when it comes to content on LinkedIn and like almost not necessarily a strategy, but what are you kind of seeing is. The best thing to to do on LinkedIn,
1: um, I think, first and foremost, and this may be an obvious answer, is like community. Mm. So, like again, I, what you guys are building is brilliant. Like that sort of like f- like community, not followers. You know, like is so important. Getting people to engage in the comments, getting people to engage with your content is so so important. But then also, it's like it's about. You've got to remember, with LinkedIn as a whole, as you just mentioned, we started off very much as this online CV. So mm-hmm. it's like mm, online CV. Yeah, okay, does the job. Not very cool. And I'm not going to say we're at the we're at the forefront of new ad technology or new platforms. Sort of content, way you know, ways of building out good content for our platform. However, what we do is is you think about it on there, you can hire people, mm-hmm. you can sell to people. You can market to people, you can build that community, and you can learn on there. Yeah. So if you think about that, it's that whole ecosystem of work that that is in now one place, right? And it's up to you, really, watch that, what which direction and what path you want to take yeah. as a brand, from a per, as a person, as well as the company, right? Yeah, you know, what is that message that's going to get engagement? There's some people on there who see themselves as influencers, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's great, you know, depending on what they talk about. We also have a huge focus. On skills, like that is so, so important for us as a platform. Mm-hmm. And I, I read something the other day that our CEO said is that like we've got I think 10 billion years of skills or something from the data that okay. you look at, or something like You might have to check that, but it's yes. pretty, it was a wild thing. Fact check. <laughs> fact check, but that was 10 billion <laughs> was in that number. And I think it was that way around. And like it's nuts. And like if you think about that, you can build up that ecosystem yeah. of what people are wanting in that world. In that world of work, you know, and also a bit outside it.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing, you know, as we were saying it started off originally as more of a you know a, as an online cv yeah. something that's typical quite maybe quite corporate yeah. quite scary for a lot of people but actually like now i think the changes and the aspect of people focusing on personal branding and brands yeah. building being behind the scenes and stuff like that i think that's really humanized linkedin and the kind of social network which is really nice i think from that perspective because i mean girls in marketing as a brand. Are Originally started on Instagram. Mm. That's something that I, you know, I sat there one day and I was like, I'm going to, you know, start the Instagram, I'm going to do a, a website and stuff like that. And then I seen like a real, gap and thought, you know, LinkedIn is a great place. It's a community of marketers and LinkedIn is a good place to find professionals. That was how I seen it in my head. And then now LinkedIn's our biggest channel, which is crazy. And we don't really even focus on Instagram anymore because that isn't something where our audience are. And actually our audience are on LinkedIn, because as you said, we're building a community, but equally the people that engage with our content are marketers, they're professionals. And I know that a lot of people use LinkedIn from a B2B aspect but even from a B2C in a professional way to kind of really understand people from a professional level yeah, and to say, you know, right, this is what we want to do. And these are the people that we want to focus on. Yeah. We can do this on LinkedIn and we can create content that resonates with these professionals. Yeah,
1: a hundred percent. I think, I mean, everything you've said there is, is perfect. And and that is, and what you're using it for is, is exactly, you know, what we sort of want. And, but you also- you, you know, you've, you've taken the animal to the water. So you know where the audience is, mm. your brand is there. You found that niche and you're living in it. You're communicating in it. You're engaging in it. People are engaging with you mm. and that is fantastic. And that's what we want. And it's not necessarily about sort of, I've got a new job here. I've done this, you know, the show and tell. What you're doing is, you know, you're, you're educating people, are learning from the content that you're pushing out there. And again, like, that is another section of the platform that we're now seeing grow in, mm. in a massive way because people now, and even, you know, we mentioned the Gen Z, they've got this thirst to learn and know everything, mm. which is pretty incredible and a little bit scary. Mm. But like, so like the platform is brilliant for that. And, 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 you know, you're tapping into that and you want to help guide people. And we're seeing that from so many brands and also people as well.
0: Yeah. And I think that a lot of brands are hopping on that because they understand that that is where the future is because as you said if gen z are thinking like that if they're thinking they don't and they're very aware gen z are very aware of being marketed too so people when brands are thinking of strategies it's almost about okay how do i create a strategy that isn't really marketing to these people but educating them so that then they think I know this brand, almost like brand awareness, getting your brand out there to eventually them becoming customers and stuff like that. I think it's really interesting. And there are a lot of brands that are doing it, but equally a lot of brands that aren't. And it's just about making sure that you do it in the right way and utilizing the right platforms, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, You've also got, you've got to think about you know, what that brand does, what their business line is, what that industry is, who their target market is. And, 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 and it is about getting that, that happy medium, but also you've got stuff like localization. So like the countries that these brands are based in, Mm. I work in, I work in with, you know, companies in different parts of the world, and it's amazing, like when I see their content in comparison to maybe content from the UK or the US, or okay. you know, it's it, it really changes and shifts. Mm-hmm. And I'm going from one business to the other, and and you can just see that content that say one company is sharing. Anything, hmm, this isn't that good, yeah. But it's getting three thousand likes, yeah. And you think, Whoa! And then you go to another company in the same industry in a different country, which I think is doing better content, but it maybe not getting as many likes, yeah. So it really depends on like, again, who you're talking to and and who that audience is and, you know, making sure that it really stands out and and adapt.
0: Yeah. That's interesting though, because so then how do you utilize your skills to work with those different brands in those different countries? Because if you're working with one country that is, sorry, with one brand that's in one country, this is another brand that's in another country you obviously have a skill set, but would you say that you can that adapt that's adaptable for all different kind of more generic and then going into different brands?
1: yeah I mean that's a that's an interesting question because like I think the skill set that it is is the communication piece yeah because I and and I don't know if this this will you know help you or the listeners and watchers like but like it's like when you're going into that brand and into that client and traveling to that country. It's like getting to know them Mm. and what their goals are. Because listen, as, as a platform that we are, and I'm really, really proud of working for LinkedIn. Like I'm not going to go into that company and say, scrap all of that. Completely get rid of it because you've got to remember they've got to this position or the amount of followers or the content and the engagement they got, they got there themselves. So it's, it is about getting that happy medium, but you've got to listen and you've also got to communicate well Mm. because the amount of companies I go to, honestly, I couldn't tell you, they'd be like, right, we want 4 million followers. Yeah. And you're like, come on. Like, that's going to cost a lot of money for a start. But also why? You know, why? And sometimes you've got to tell them that and be open and honest with them in that respect. So I think that's helped a lot, is Mm -hmm. really sort of, stop them and say, This is my experience. Please can I just give you my thoughts and yeah. and you know, and, and a listen thing. Sometimes they take it on board, sometimes they don't. Yeah. Or sometimes they don't and then they do eventually. Yeah. You know? Um so it's it is definitely been a learning curve. Yeah. You know? I wouldn't say as one key sort of experience. Yeah. But
0: And it's interesting about objectives because and this is something I mentioned in another podcast before. Um, mm-hmm. You saying why is really interesting because I said you've got to always ask why. Mm. This goes for working with brands. Yeah. This also goes for, you know, anyone in marketing yeah. asking why. So you're saying these are, these are your objectives. Yeah. Okay, you do want to get to 4 million yeah. followers or you yeah. do want to do this. But why? Because yeah. also you can have... Millions, thousands, millions of followers, but that doesn't necessarily equal people pitch oh, and yeah, exactly. your brand or something like that. So I always think that why pieces sometimes people like yourself or any marketers going in and just saying, but why yeah. do you want to do this? It's so important, question everything,
1: right? Yeah, and and some when you speak to CMOS or I've I've been in the room with those guys and stuff, and 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 they come at you, and, and obviously they are super focused on the bottom line, the yeah. bottom of the funnel where the money's coming in. And you mm-hmm. can understand that. And then that content strategy is based purely on that, by the way. Mm-hmm. So like, you're then like, well, hold on. We need to look above that. You mm-hmm. know, who are you? He ask the why about what they want to do, but also why in respect of who are they?
0: Yeah. What
1: are you about? Like, what is the why of your business is one of the key questions I always ask. Mm-hmm. And when you ask that in a room, I guarantee half the people in there don't know how to answer that. Really? Yeah. And sometimes you have to really like sort of, go back a few steps to really sort of get to that point Mm. and help them with sort of telling that audience out there, this is why we do what we do and this is what we care about. And then you've got some upper funnel content then to help that lower funnel content.
0: Yeah. And you know, as well, we obviously have a lot of people who work in marketing that kind of listen. Mm. And I think that's so true. I say, you know, Amy and our team is really passionate about sales and marketing working together. And I think that a lot of businesses kind of have like sales, a sales team and a marketing team and that's kind of it. And I know a lot of people listening right now will have a sales team and a marketing team and maybe they're a marketer on the marketing team Uh actually working with other teams, sales, business, whoever else, yeah. and asking those questions that you're saying so that they can create better content, yeah. you know, asking why did the business come about? What actually, what were the reasons that it was founded? And, yeah. and then creating content with that, but equally having that and knowing that so that they can create better content yeah. for whatever they're doing it for is so important.
1: Yeah. Again, Completely agree. I think mm. what is so important and, I, and I've done lots of sessions with clients on sales and marketing alignment, which is what you're talking about. And sometimes I've been in, these, in, these, in front of these clients and they've gone, yeah, we've got all these people here and it's been mainly marketing, maybe two people from sales mm. or the other way around. So like you have to, again, like you have to, sometimes you're going in there not as your content strategist or content marketing consultant, you're going in there as some form of like mediator, yeah, right? And you've got to sort of try and get these answers. And why aren't these people in a room? And sometimes you have to really tell them Mm. if they want to see success. As you say, you've got to go around to each department because that's going to tick two boxes. It's going to tick your employer branding box. Mm. It's gonna tick also gonna tick your consumer branding box. Yeah. And most likely gonna tick your corporate branding box, right? Yeah. Which for LinkedIn they're those three key things where you can really sort of unify your brand in one place. Yeah. Um and yeah, it's sometimes, you know, it is so much beneficial because it's so beneficial because you're gonna create reams of content off those backs of those questions and those discussions and anything like mm-hmm. that. But it's also about education too. Yeah. You know, that's important. So
0: yeah.
1: loads of different things, you know. So yeah.
0: And just even knowing the brand yourself, working in marketing or working in any company, understanding the brand is so important, Mm -hmm. especially for marketers. You know, I speak to a lot of people all the time and they say, oh, I work for this company and I don't really understand what they do. And it's like, go out, ask these questions, ask them, you know, all of these different things and then you'll be able to create better marketing and better content. Um, I want to talk a little bit more because I know we've kind of chatted about LinkedIn and chatted Mm -hmm. a little bit about you, but I know that you've worked on a lot of different campaigns in the past, content marketing and you're very passionate about how you're speaking right now. And you're very passionate about like previous things that you've worked on. I know you are in particularly really passionate about kind of humanizing brands and kind of creating content from a, a human point of view. You know, you did a, a member session for, yeah. for Girls in Marketing and that was really interesting. Can you tell me a little bit more about kind of favorite campaigns you've worked on, maybe successful campaigns that you've worked on, maybe unsuccessful <laughs> if you want to share in the past?
1: I mean, there's been that many. And when I saw this question, I was like, oh gosh, like I'm trying to think of, <laughs> of a couple, but I think, you know, there's, there's been some, there's been some super interesting ones that are out there. Um, one, one that I worked on was, was for a, a company called a Monday.com who are really, uh, a really smart business, actually, Mm -hmm. an Israeli-based business. Um, They've got loads of – they're really good at that upper funnel stuff, Mm -hmm. like getting the people involved in their campaign. So they did a piece with looking at um, uh, how their software has basically helped one of their airlines save loads of money, basically. Simple things like that, case studies, but the video was done very well, right? And that is so important. Mm -hmm. That's off the back of them. Like when you go into a company like that and I go in there and they want to learn – they take everything on board. And when mm. you see them put it out the other end, mm. it's amazing to see. Obviously, necessarily, they don't have to take everything I say on yeah. board. And some definitely don't. And you st- I still see some brands where you, you follow them and you see like, what's going on there? You know, why are you doing that one? Skyscanner was another great brand I worked with. Like, they just wanted to listen. They did some great campaigns. One of them being, I think, was in respect of, we were talking about data at the time. And it was off, was it off the back of? I think it actually might have been Liverpool getting to the Champions League final and they showed some data oh, right. okay. and it was, um, and it was their basically their servers or, or the amount of traffic to their website, literally straight after the final whistle went for flights. Okay, And we were like, get that out there. Like, that's amazing. Like put it out there. And sometimes if you get a brand that listens yeah. and just tries that, you can't, and I understand it's tough in a business sometimes to really sort of be able to have that flexibility. yeah. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners and watchers will also realise this, but if you have that trust from, a, from your brand, then you, where you can just do something like that, mm-hmm. I do feel like the benefits are endless. Win or lose. Mm-hmm. If you lose, you've learned. If you win, you've learned, but you're getting more engagement. You're getting more followers. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've lost, you then look go back at it, do a bit of a wash up. Why didn't that work? Was it the timing? Was it the content? Was it the length? All of that type of stuff works really well. Speaking to some of the biggest brands ever, and I think I probably mentioned this on on the the webinar that I did for your guys was was like it was Tesco, like just asking them to take be authentic, sort of drop. Let's not be so polished. Mm. Use an iPhone to take a photo, and by doing that, they had one of the most engaging posts they've ever done. Like, there's so many. I use that example all the time because it is so valuable, and it's a brand that is massive. Yeah, you know, I think it's the biggest private employer in the UK, and and they they listened. And mm-hmm. they've seen that change. So seeing a brand like that evolve mm-hmm. is the bit that I love the most, right? Yeah. Like on the platform, you have seeing them, their content change and shift. It's interesting when you do it with the old industri- industry bank, like, well, industry companies like banks,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you see those guys and you see how they shift, like sometimes you don't have to do that work because competitors and challengers Are do doing that. it, yeah. Monzo. Which is interesting. Revolute, yeah. yeah. They give them the kick up the ass that they need. Yeah to really change it and then they come to us. Yeah, because
0: I I think that's interesting though because it's almost like sometimes brands wait for competitors to do things. Yeah, But if you work in a company and you want to be, you know, the trendsetter, you want to be the person who does something different. And again, going back to that whole Gen Z, if Mm -hmm. you know this is something that Gen Z like and know Mm -hmm. actually we can try this or we can do this, you don't have to wait for a competitor to do it because sometimes... Competitors will make a name for themselves, and kind of you will miss out on on kind of getting on that train yeah. if you're too late with it. Again, it's not always possible with every company, and I understand that as well. But being sometimes is being too late, and it's kind of like, ooh, is this really how, what our brand should do and how our yeah. brand should be?
1: There's nothing worse is the, and you can tell it when when a brand is picking up the pieces from the dinner that was eaten like the night before. You know, yeah. it's like. It's just constantly like, well, oh, you're too late. You've missed it. you missed that trend. Yeah. And I was only talking at a session that I did this week. And like, it's about sort of agile marketing, being at the forefront. And if you're missing it, I know if there's a trend happening, get on it. Don't mm. wait. Mm. But then unfortunately, the people that are asking the questions about these trends are the people that are in businesses where they have so many levels that they have to go to get stuff ticked off before they can push this stuff live. And when I hear that, that makes me feel, really sad because Mm. I feel like it's the people above them, yeah. that are these people that are stopping sort of content thriving on different social platforms yeah. because they don't know they're not educated Yeah, and that's a big thing to say but like that's, I, I genuinely believe that that is yeah. the point you know what I mean
0: no I, and I agree you know again I talk to a lot of marketers who work for a lot of different companies big and small <laughs> and often the smaller companies are the ones that don't have the layers so mm-hmm. it's almost it's easier plays, for things yeah. Yeah. to get signed off but then I've, I've spoken to some marketers who work for big companies who don't have a big sign off process no, and which, actually Great. it's it's good yeah. and it means that they can create content that exactly you know is reactive is relatable is trending but then it's also I understand from a, a brand perspective so from building girls and marketing mm-hmm. for example just having your brand in someone else's hand is is it's got to be a trustworthy process hasn't it yeah. so I think in that hiring process making sure that you're kind of bringing people on board that understand the brand and that can kind of create content for it is always really important. And the training as well, I think is yeah. really important for people.
1: Education upwards is so important as well as downwards Yeah, yeah. For, for this type of thing. But usually the, the upward piece is, is they're worried about brand impact? Yeah. Rightly so, right? You mm-hmm. know, it can go wrong, mm. <laughs> but I also then believe like, if if you're ever, I always said to like people who have worked on might have been on team with me or whatever. I've said, if you're doubting it before you post it, don't post it. Okay. Like, yeah. I, I know that's again, sounds so simple, mm-hmm. but like only when it comes to it, it's like, you should just be able to be happy. You should, all, I I reckon 95% of the time you're happy with what you're going to post. You're like That's the message. That's the audience. I know what I'm going to do. Press fire. Right. Yeah. But if you're ever, if you, if you're doubting it and doubting it again, I think that's when you really need to sort of, Ask or ask a second opinion or ask a check. Yeah. That is where it is valuable. Maybe that sign-off process. But then you know, upwards they're just worried about if you jump on a trend and you mess it up, and it, and it can look really bad. Yeah, it can look really bad. But as you said, Gen Zers would rather people be honest than
0: yeah, you know, which is true. Yeah, and I think almost it's like sometimes possibly messing up, but then as you said, kind of coming back from it and saying listen, we messed up or we didn't yeah. do something correctly and, you know, we won't do it again or, you know, yeah. this is what we're doing to kind of correct that. And I've seen brands do that before where something happens, it's a social post or an email yeah. and yeah. it's like, oops, like we shouldn't have done that. And I think I always sympathize because I'm like, there's a marketer behind that post or that yeah. email nice. that,
1: yeah, you know, one. might
0: might be getting in trouble yeah. or something. And, and I and think they yeah, Yeah, they, they shouldn't. And I get that, but, yeah. but it's kind of how do we create a how, how do people create a brand yeah. that they can then trust people to go out and kind of create content for but I feel like that's kind of your role obviously within LinkedIn and working with different brands is making sure that they understand their objectives that they've kind of got that education around it and yeah. I, I really like that as a piece to be able to go out to brands and say like this is what this is what I think you should do take it or leave it it's up to you and then see what happens yeah
1: exactly Mm -hmm. and 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 we do get I think I mean I know for a fact that we're not the only platform that does that Mm -hmm. but I do I do think with LinkedIn we're a platform that isn't the level of your meta you know Mm -hmm. of your TikToks we're still a bit niche you know like it's weird and and so people still want to learn, but yet we're, we're still seeing sign-ups left, right and centre, which is mm-hmm. amazing. So I think in that respect, you know, it's it's I do feel lucky to be able to sort of help these different brands and businesses think smarter, especially over the past three years, you mm. know, what we've been through. And, and yes, yeah, seen a lot of shift from big corporates really take a change, you know, yeah. in the way that they message out to their consumers.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for coming in today. You're welcome. it lovely chatting. Can I ask you one more question? You can. It's, Basically, we ask every guest at the end of the episode, yeah. but it's what advice would you give to yourself if you were just getting started in the industry? What advice would you go back and say to John when you were working in TV, um, Not the, nothing to do with gambling or bet yeah, on someone pub. or go yeah. to the pub? Like, what would you say to someone, whether they're getting started in the industry now or what would you say to yourself, like a piece of advice?
1: I think, oh, I think... Don't be afraid of making mistakes. I'm going to give you two. Don't be afraid oh, of making mistakes. Sorry, that's very greedy. Don't be afraid of making mistakes. That's really important. Like as we just mentioned, you learn the best way doing that, and I think that is really, really important. And also, take like take every single opportunity you get offered, mm. like anything. Sometimes people go out there saying, "When I when I go into a new role in marketing or whatever it may be, I need more money." For example, and that and yes, it's a key driver. But sometimes, like. You'd want to look below that and think, what am I getting out of this, this job? Like, if I look at the way that my career has unfolded from sort of TV to going into lab Bible, you know, then going into the big corporate company, which then got me into LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. you know, all those sort of stepping stones, it wasn't really a plan, Mm -hmm. you know, roll with it. If you enjoy it, I feel like it will really sort of benefit you in the long term. And and just yeah, just don't give up. I've given like three pieces there. That's
0: nice, though. That's good though. And I think people will relate to that definitely because sometimes it can feel like a long journey. It can feel like, oh, I've made so many mistakes, or my path isn't going in the right direction. But sometimes it it doesn't work out like that, does it?
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't. And sometimes you've got to like maybe leave that industry for a bit even, Mm. right? And then come back into it. Mm. And find those passion points in you. And once you've once you've got them. They will, you know, they will shine through, and and literally, I re- I remember writing emails, sending my CV to like ad agencies, CM. I, I never heard back from any ad agencies. Rarely heard, of and like, but every now and then I hear back from like a, a, a CMO and another marketing company or or a big business, and like just sending that out was 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 helpful for me. I learned a lot then. I mean, now with LinkedIn. Mm. It is super important. I get people that message me, which is great. Like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously like you'll try and reply when you can, but there's nothing wrong with asking for advice or just 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 taking a chance. Yeah. yeah.
0: Thank you so much for coming. You're more than welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Girls in Marketing podcast. We love hearing from you. So if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review to let us know your thoughts and make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button to be the first to hear when our new episodes released don't forget if you want to get involved with girls in marketing check out our membership to join our incredible community of marketers think marketing resources courses webinars and more find out more on our website or drop us a message on any of our social channels at girls in marketing